The Lord of that slave felt compassion, and I will repay you everything. For him saying, have patience with me, down prostrated himself before The slave, therefore, falling down. Now I want to redirect your minds to our theme this year. Anybody tell me the theme this year? There you go. It only takes one. It only takes one. And, and remember I said it only takes one because the, the, that's a big topic. It only takes one to disciple. It only takes one to love. Like the, the things that we're going through now, right? The fruit of the Spirit it only takes one to love. If you want to be that one to love someone, you can be that one. And how many people does it, does it take to change the world? Sometimes it just takes one. It only takes one to love. It only takes one to have that, that peace. It only takes one to be kind. It only takes one to be patient. This morning we're going to look at four things of patience here. The first one, if you're writing things down, because again, I don't have a prezi to go with this one again. So if you're writing things down, I'm going to give you the first three, but the last one I'm going to save because I want it to be a big surprise. It won't be, but by the time we get there, it won't be, but... The first three are, God wants us to be patient with Him, number one. I think God wants us to be patient with God, number one. God wants us to be patient with people, obviously, number two. He wants us to be patient with each other. And number three, I think He wants us to be patient with circumstances. So, He wants us to be patient with Him, with people, and with circumstances. That's the first three, which will lead us to the ultimate goal, I think, of His patience and and then our patience and the fruit of the spirit being patience and the spirit producing that in us and through us if we work with him and and partner with him if you're anything like me though your parents or somebody has probably told you what's the one thing you don't ask for or pray for patience because you're gonna you're gonna get it right god's gonna give that's gonna give you opportunities to learn patience so don't ask for it don't ask for trouble, right? Trouble. Yeah, it'll. It, God will give you patience, and unfortunately, I've asked for it. You've probably asked for it. And even when you haven't asked for it, God will give you patience. Listen to this story here. A young father in a supermarket was pushing a shopping cart with his little son who was strapped in the front. The little boy was fussing. Anybody been there with kids? In the supermarket, and your kid is fussing and whiny. Fussing, irritable, and crying. The other shoppers gave him a wide berth as the child would pull cans off the shelf. The father seemed to be very calm as he continued to push the cart and was murmuring gently, Easy now, Donald. Keep calm. Donald, steady boy. It's all right, Donald. A mother who was passing by was greatly impressed by this young father's solicitous attitude. She said, you certainly know how to talk to an upset child, quiet and gently. And then bending down to the little boy, she said, what seems to be the trouble, Donald? Oh, no, said the father. He's Henry. I'm Donald. (laughs) Talking to himself, trying to keep himself calm as his young child disrupts things. I've been there. I had two little girls when I was a single father, two little girls shopping in Safeway who loved to tell everything about me and loved to tell everybody, my mommy left. So, thank you so much, dear. Thank you so much for starting the conversation with, my mommy left us. Oh, thanks. 
Uh, it's frustrating sometimes with two little girls going through Safeway and trying to shop. And I can, I can relate to uh, Donald here. Go to Psalm chapter 40 and see David and his patience. I think God wants us to be patient with him, just like the father needs to be patient with his child. I think God wants us to be patient with him himself. And let me, let me tell you why, Aaron, Psalm 40 and Psalm 39, really, because here we see David. And in Psalm 39, I see a man who is having trouble. So back up to Psalm 39 just for a second. Psalm 39, starting in verse 1, says, I said, I will guard my ways that I may not sin with my tongue. I will guard my mouth as, a, as with a muzzle while the wicked are in my presence. I was dumb and silent. I refrained even from good, and my sorrow grew worse. My heart was hot within me while I was musing. The fire burned. Then I spoke with my tongue. It almost seems like in 1 through 3, David is saying, I'm going to stop myself from doing I'm going to take care of this myself. I'm going to shut my mouth. I'm going to refrain from everything. From bad, from good, I'm just going to refrain from everything. But then in verse 4, look at what he says. Lord, make me to know my end. And what is the extent of my days? Let me know how transient I am. David's saying to God, hey, let me see me like you see me for a second here. My troubles, my, my woes, everything that's going on around me, I'm going to shut my mouth. I'm done. I'm going to, I'm going to shut it up. I'm not going to talk about good. I'm not going to talk about bad. But now, God, let me see how you see me. Verse 5, here's how I see you. Behold, thou hast made my days as handbreadths, and my lifetime is nothing in thy sight. We get a short time. Surely every man at his best is a mere breath. Yeah, short time on this earth. Surely every man walks about as a phantom. Surely they make an uproar for nothing. He amasses riches and does not know who will gather them. We are proud of what we do here on this earth, aren't we? We can amass great wealth, great riches. Well, some of us can. I have not amassed great wealth and riches, but we can. We, and, and even in what I can amass on my own, I can be very proud in what I can gather around me. But my, my life is, is nothing. It amounts to nothing, really. It's, it's gone. And all, of the, all that, I, that I store up in my garage is going to be somebody else's stuff or it's going to be thrown in the trash. Verse 7. Now, Lord, for what do I wait? My hope is where? In thee, in God. My hope is in you. Deliver me from all my transgressions. Make me not the reproach of the foolish. Now, he's saying, okay, I, I can't shut up my mouth. I can't do this. I'm going to ask you to help me because I can't do this on my own. So you help me. Remove thy plague from me because of the opposition of thy hand I am perishing. With reproofs that did chasten a man for iniquity, that is consume as a moth what is precious to him. Surely every man is a mere breath. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and give ear to my cry. Do not be silent in my tears, for I am a stranger with thee, a sojourner like all my fathers. Turn thy gaze away from me, that I may smile again before I depart, and I am no more. Now let me ask you one question before I give you something here to get into 40. What is one thing, and, and if you're writing things down, write this down, because at the end of the lesson, I want you to write something down next to it. What is one thing that makes you impatient? 
If you could, if you could think about just one thing, what's one thing that makes you the most impatient in your life? Like Art was talking about, traffic this morning sometimes gets gets you impatient, right? Those people that don't know how to drive in front of you. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's traffic. Maybe it's family. Maybe it's work. Maybe it's some relationship that you have. Tom? One word for all of people. People. Okay. That's a good way to sum that up. People. Become impatient with people. That's 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 a good one. Yeah. Yeah, Deja. Yes, people holding you up. There's a common, there's people again there. <laughs> people, yeah, holding you up. You're ready to go, but they're not. Happens to husbands all the time. Oh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. But I'm bumps. I'm a dead man. No, just kidding. Just kidding. No. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, thank you. Jeff? You get down to the bottom line, I'm impatient with me. Okay. Yeah, impatient with yourself. That's a good one, too. Impatient with yourself. Okay. Yeah. Ah, I've been impatient with myself, too. You're not You're not getting something fast enough. You're not... Whatever it is in your life is just not happening fast enough. And it's, it's me. I'm impatient with me. Okay. Personal mistakes. Yeah. There's a lot to be impatient about. In this world, in our lives, there's a lot to be impatient about. So, when you write that down, I want you to, to draw a line and say that's that's you, you've lost patience in this area, lost patience here. Okay, so that's that's the first part that you're going to look at here. As we look at what patience and the fruit of the spirit and patience is, you've lost, I've lost patience here with people or with with you know with me, myself, with others, whatever it is. Now look back at Psalm 40 and look at David and his cry out to the Lord, continuing from our thoughts, at least in 39. Impatience with God himself, I think, sometimes is a lack of trust in God, period. If I'm impatient with him, if things aren't happening fast enough on my time schedule, it's not really his fault. It's my fault. It's, it's my lack of trust in him that, that is causing this impatience in me. And look at verse, 40, or verse 1 of chapter 40. And David says, what did he do patiently for the Lord? He waited patiently for the Lord. Man, I don't know about you, but I have waited impatiently many times for the Lord. You know what I've asked, and you know, you know it's good. You know it's good just as much as I know it's good. Why is it not done yet? Why am I not why am I not through this yet? Why am I not over this yet? Why is this not happening? But verse 1 he says I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined his ear and heard my cry. He brought me up out of the pit of destruction, out of the mire clay, and he set my feet upon a rock, making my footsteps firm. And he put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and will trust in the Lord. Boy, I think I think the very first thing I, I need to understand about the peace of the fruit of the Spirit here when he's talking about this is that, or not peace, but the patience, excuse me, patience of the fruit of the Spirit here is, 
When I am impatient, oftentimes for me, it is a lack of trust in my Savior. It's a lack of trust in God that things are not going to work out, that things are not going to be solved, that I'm not going to achieve whatever it is I'm, I'm praying about. It's just not going to happen. The, the impatience in me is a lack of trust in my Savior. If I trust Him more, if I know He has my best at heart, and I, I know that logically, but if you're like me, sometimes I just don't feel that, and I forget that. And I think, why aren't you moving as fast as I think you need to move? Why aren't you doing what I think you need to be doing right now? And God is saying, I'm doing exactly what I need to be doing right now. It's not my perspective that's wrong here, Robert. It's your perspective. It's your understanding of the situation that's wrong. You're not being patient because you've lacked a little trust in me. It may take longer than you need. It may take longer than you want. But it will be accomplished. I will take care of you. And David is saying, he will take care of me. All of this stuff that he's, that he's going through, all this stuff that I'm going to try and do myself, it's going to come to nothing. When I wait for him, when I wait patiently for him, he takes care of me. And, and the reason I was thinking about peace is because the peace of last week comes when we're able to, to wait patiently for the Lord, too. If I'm not able to wait patiently, I'm, I'm lacking that peace at the same time. I'm not at peace if I, if I can wait patiently for God, then there's that peace that passes all understanding. I know, I know the situation right now may be bad, but I have that peace that I understand that God is working things out. I can wait patiently for Him to work in me and through me. So the first thing I think is when it comes to the fruit of the Spirit and patience is He wants me to be patient with Him, number one. Patient with His time, with His time frame. With him working on me, with him working through me, he's wanting me to be patient. Now go over to Matthew chapter 18, and let's look at patience with people in a roundabout way here. Matthew chapter 18, verses 23 to the end of that chapter. Eighteen twenty-three through the end of that chapter, Jesus is telling them about the kingdom of heaven, and he's about to explain to them what the kingdom of heaven is like. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a certain king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he had begun to settle them, there was brought to him one who owed him ten thousand talents. But since he did not have the means to repay, his lord commanded him to be sold along with his wife and children and all that he had and repayment to be made. The slave, therefore, falling down, prostrated himself before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will repay you everything. The Lord of that slave felt compassion and released him and forgave him the debt. But the slave went out and found one of the fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. He seized him and began to choke him, saying, Pay back what you owe. So the fellow slave fell down and began to entreat him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will repay you. He was unwilling, however but went and threw him in prison until he should pay back what was owed. So when his fellow slaves saw what would happen, they were deeply grieved and came and reported to their Lord all that had happened. Then summoning him, the Lord, his Lord said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all the debt because you entreated me. Should you not have also had mercy on your fellow slave, even as I had mercy on you? 
As Lord moved with anger, handed him over to the torturers until he should repay all that was owed him. So my heavenly Father shall also do you, if each one of you does not forgive his brother from your heart. Now, this is ultimately teaching about forgiveness. But what does it say about patience in here to you? Be patient with me. Both of them say the same thing. Be patient with me. What does that say to you about patience? Is it tied to forgiveness at all? Yeah, I I think there's some forgiveness and some patience tied together here. Just like peace, joy, all of these things are tied together. Even forgiveness and patience is tied together. And the most trouble I usually have with people is when I'm not able to forgive something, too, usually. And when I'm not patient with you. When you're not doing what I want you to do or think you should be doing. You're not acting the way I think you should be acting. I've been impatient with my kids. I've been impatient with my wife. I've been impatient with other people. Anybody here been impatient with people? (laughs) That's a common problem. It's tied to forgiveness. It's tied to other things. Did you have your hand up? Yeah. 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 Why don't kids get it the first time? I did as a kid, and I was perfect. Yeah. No, not even close. I wasn't perfect at all, but when I have my kids, I'm thinking, why don't you get it the first time? I've been through this. I know what it's like. Why don't you get it? Get it. But yeah, you're right. After the 50th time? Maybe. Maybe after the 50th time. God is patient. And, that, and that's what, what he's saying here. He's saying, I'm patient with you. Right. You owe me more than you could possibly pay me back. Right. But I'm going to be patient with you, and I'm going to forgive that debt. But what do we do? We turn around and we say, Mm-mm. I've, been, I've been dealt with nice, Abby, kindly, and, and more than I deserve. And yet I'm going to turn around and I'm going to choke this guy out because he owes me some money. Forgiveness and, and being patient with others is tied together. That's why when, when I look at patience and the fruit of the Spirit, he's saying, be patient with me, but then you need to be able to turn around and be patient with others. Because when you're being patient with me and you remember what I've done for you, what do I owe my fellow human beings? I owe them that same patience. I owe them that same forgiveness. It's, those, it's like those just as sentences in the Bible. Forgive others just as you know, you've been forgiven. Be patient with others, just like God is being patient with you. Be patient with other people. That's number two. Patient with him and patient with others. Which leads me to number three, which is patience excuse me, with circumstances. And go over to 2 Corinthians for a look into some circumstances. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Verses 4 through 10. through 10 of 2 Corinthians 6. He says, But in everything, commending ourselves as servants of God in much endurance, in afflictions, in hardships, in distress, in beatings, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, 
in sleeplessness and hunger, in purity, in knowledge, in patience, in kindness, in the Holy Spirit, in genuine love, in the word of truth, in the power of God, by the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and the left, by glory and dishonor, by evil report and good report, regarded as deceivers and yet true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying yet behold, we live, as punished yet not put to death, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing yet possessing all things. What does that say about patience to you? What does that say about the servant of God and patience? What did Paul himself go through? How patient was Paul himself? Now he learns, he probably learned that too. Learn patience. I don't know anybody that's born with uh, patience nailed down, so we all learn patience. Paul learns patience. We learn patience. What does this say about patience? In all situations, maybe in beatings, maybe in imprisonments, maybe in, in all of this, maybe in, when we're dishonored, when we're honored, there, there's patience here. There's patience in the Christian who labors under these things. Because why? Because number one, God has things in control. And understanding his time frame is not my time frame. And when I go through these things, that God is working things out for my good. I'm patient with him. I'm exercising that patience that allows me to turn around and be patient with others. Did you want to say something, Carl? Okay. Because they, I mean, everything is working for your good. Right. Yeah. So, you know, help you, helping you develop patience. Yeah. And we're going over to James here right now. So good. Let, 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 let have its perfect results that so you may be perfect. You may be made complete. Yeah. Testing of your faith produces endurance. Endurance have its perfect result. That's chapter one. And in chapter five, Verses 10 through 11, James describes patience and action in human form. And I want you to look at this patience and see the example here and then ask yourself a question about it, an example of patience. James 5, 10 and 11 says, As an example, brethren, of suffering and what? Patience. Take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we count those blessed who endured. You have heard of the endurance of Job and have seen the outcome of the Lord's dealings, that the Lord is full of compassion and is merciful. Now, ask yourself a question about your patience. And somebody reflects on your life, like James is reflecting on the life of the prophets and Job especially here. Will somebody say at your funeral, take, for example, this person and their patience. Will you be an example of patience? Like Job is an example of patience. Like the prophets are an example of patience. Waiting on the Lord. When everything else around you is falling down. Waiting on God. What do you guys think? Are you going to be held up as an example of patience at your funeral? I'm probably, patience is probably not going to be mentioned at mine. Not that I'm an extremely impatient man, but I... I don't think I've risen to the level of this kind of patience. 
But I haven't gone through what Job has gone through either. It's a continual process, and we're we're always being being refined and, and molded and shaped through our circumstances. And each one of us has different circumstances, but each one of us has similar circumstances at the same time. Cancer, sicknesses, job worries, all of these things are common to us all. How patient have we been with the circumstances that are beyond our control? How patient are we to to maybe end up as being someone who says, remember Jarrett? And her example of patience. Remember how patient she was. Will you say that at her funeral? No. <laughs> well, that's, that's awesome. That is awesome. That's awesome that somebody sees you that way. And, and, and the, the fact that somebody can look at somebody else, another Christian, and say, I can see the patience in them. They're a good example. Whether, whether we believe we're a good example or not. Oftentimes we don't think we're a good example of that, right? But maybe we're not the best judge of, of that too. You're an example to somebody about patience. May we all be an example to somebody in our lives about patience, about what it looks like to be a Christian who endures under things, no matter what's going on around us, no matter who's around us, and that we're patient with God himself. In his time, he'll do this. In his time, he'll save me. In his time. And even if he doesn't. Like that song, let's see, every time I think of that, every time I think of something, it just goes in one side and out the other. Yeah. I know, I'm, I'm, I'm fading fast. I am fading fast. <laughs> Be patient, yes. Be patient with me while I run through all the songs in my head really quick. Um... It's it's a song that I that I hear on on the Christian radio station every once in a while. But the the, the end line is, uh, he's talking about saving you through fire and all this. But even if you don't, he's referring back to the, to those that were you know that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in there. Even if you don't, even if you don't, I'm gonna I'm gonna put my hand my life in your hands, because whatever you choose is going to be the right thing. Even if you don't save me, even if you don't bring me through that fire, physically. You're going to take care of me because you are God. Now, here's the, here comes that second half of that. If you wrote down what you're most impatient about under the lost patience here, this is where you've lost patience. Right next to that, write something, and you may not be able to write it now. Maybe it's something you have to think about this week as you, as you look back through this. What would it look like for you to have godly patience in that section? What would it look like to have the patience of him? You know what it looks like when you've lost patience, but what would it look like? What would your actions be? What would your words be? How would you look different if you had godly patience there? Because here's where this is all leading to. I said that the last one I wanted to keep hidden because I think he wants to be patient with us, or patient with him, us to be patient with him. He wants to be us to be patient with people, and he wants us to be patient with circumstances. But the ultimate goal of God is that we have patience like His. I think He wants us to be patient just like Him, which is a tall order for me, huge order for me to be patient just like God. Are you ready to to spend this week being patient just like Him? 
That's a tall order. Go over to Exodus chapter 34, and I want to ask you a question about the character of God here. As it describes the character of God in Exodus 34, I want to ask you, what does this have to do with patience? What is, what is the, these things that, that are described as God here and as his, his characteristics? What do these things have to do with patience? Verses 6, or excuse me, 5 through 7. I'm going to start at 5, 5 through 7. And 34 of Exodus. And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood there with him as he called upon the name of the Lord. Then the Lord passed in front of him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness and truth, who keeps loving kindness for thousands, who forgives iniquity, transgression and sin. Yet he will by no means leave the guilty unpunished visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children, on the grandchildren, to the fourth generation. What does graciousness, what is compassion, what is abounding in loving kindness, what is forgiving iniquities, what does all this have to do with patience? Gary. Okay. Being able to see the desires of the needs. If you're impatient with them it's because your desires and needs are not being met. Okay. Perhaps you should be more aware of how what their desire is And and in this case you're saying God is seeing us as these creatures that can't we can't rise to the level that He is at. And He is compassionate, He is merciful, He's gracious with us. Even when we, we're having a hard time yeah, we're, yeah, we can't meet those standards. We we are we are woefully short of those things, and yet God Himself will say, "I'll be patient with you. I'll bring you along. I'll help you through this. I'll nurture you. I'll, I'll love you, even when you when you make those silly mistakes." Yeah. Okay. So that there's there's patience in God. All of these things there there's patience in God Himself. The abounding in love kind, the slow to anger, patient, a God that is slow to anger. Anybody else? What do you see? Why, why do these characteristics, do these characteristics scream patience to you? Okay, First Timothy. See patience here in our Lord and Savior. First Timothy chapter 1. Verses 15 and 16. Talking about patience as characteristics of God back there in Exodus 34. And he describes himself as this gracious, compassionate, slow to anger, bounding in loving kindness. All of these things because we're weak, feeble creatures who can't get it right without him. Look at how Jesus is described in 1 Timothy chapter 1, 15 and 16. It is a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners among whom I am foremost of all. And yet for this reason I found mercy in order that in me as foremost, Christ Jesus might demonstrate what? His unlimited or perfect patience as an example for those who would believe in Him for eternal life. Do you ever think of, of when, when, we're, when we're doing the, the Lord's table and, and we're talking about His sacrifice, do you ever think of 
patience, the patience of him, the patience of Jesus Christ himself, the patience of God. That's, that's describing Jesus. Romans chapter 5. Of course, you know this one, right? Romans chapter 5, verse 8. Right? But God demonstrates his own love towards us, and then while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Again, a demonstration of God's patience, Jesus' patience. Going back to Exodus 34 and the characteristics of God. Now, he wants us to have that kind of patience. He wants us to have that kind of patience even when we do what James talks about there in 4.17 where he says, you know what to do, but you don't do it. And for those who know what to do and you don't do it, what is it? So even in that situation, God says, I want you to be patient because what am I? I'm patient with you. Now I get to be patient with Carl. And Carl gets to be patient with me. Thank you, Carl. <laughs> Sue, did you have your hand up? Well, most of this sermon has been tying uh, patience uh, together. With, and what? Forgiveness. But these last three verses you just read tie mm-hmm. third very loudly with humility. Is what? Humility. 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 Okay. That's a good point. A humbleness. Yeah, because a humble man is not going to be a patient, or a a humble man will be a patient man. A man that lacks humility is probably not very patient in and of himself. A human being who lacks humility is probably not very patient because you should be where I'm at. And even an unrealistic standard. If we think too highly of ourselves, yes, right. We think too highly of ourselves. God is, is, is demonstrating this in his love for us. Christ demonstrates this. He demonstrates the humility, like Paul says, the, the humility of him that, that subjected himself and, and did what he did there in Philippians. We're supposed to have the mind of Christ, this Christ that humbled himself to the point of death, even death on a cross. This humbleness is definitely tied to patience. Yeah, chiefest of sinners. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When we realize where we are, we're just just going back to the being patient with people and that example of, I've been forgiven so much because I owed so much, and yet I'll turn around and and not forgive you. Yes, when we remember who we are, it is so much easier to be patient with each other because I don't deserve it just as much as you don't deserve it. We're all in the same boat together here. We're kind of equal playing field here in the sin and the I need help department. I need to remember that in my patience when it comes out and, and when, it, when it's demonstrated by the power of the Spirit here. I need to remember that. And that's what God says to me. Even, even when I know what to do and I don't do it, he says, Robert, I'll be patient with you. Even when, when, I, when I am, like in Romans chapter uh, 14, when I violate my own conscience, God says, yeah. Okay, but I'm going to be patient with you. You can turn, you can change. Because John, 1 John 3, 1 says, Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us, that we should be called the sons of God. Boy, what love he has for us. And there, I think, it, it goes back to what all of this is rooted in, right? 
that love, that love of God. That love of God produces that patience. God is love, and therefore He is patient with us. And we, ourselves, having that that patience rooted in love, are going to be patient people for Him. I think it has that foundation in there. Even 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 13, when it talks about... um, Right there in the very beginning... If I speak with the tongues of angels or the tongues of men or of, angel, or of angels, but do not have love, I become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal here. And you skip down to verse 4. Love is patient. Amen. Love is kind. Love is patient. God is love. Love is patient. God is patient with us. Amen. We are also to be patient with each other. In fact, go over to Colossians chapter 2 and look at this, one of these last scriptures here for you. In terms of God wanting us to have patience just like His, God's Colossians, no, not chapter 2, chapter 3, verses 12 and 13. Colossians 2, 12 and 13. This one sounds a lot like uh, Ephesians chapter 4 as well, especially down there at the bottom when he's talking about forgiveness. But in verse 12 he says, And so those, as those who have been chosen by, of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bearing with one another, forgiving one another, each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also you. Wow. Just as God forgave me, I get to turn around and forgive you. It's rooted in that patience, though, as well. And that humility, like you're saying, too. Humility and love, it all goes back to humility and love. Put those things on. Put those things on all the time. And I want to read you one last uh, story here that I thought kind of sums up that God wants us to have his patience. And it even ties in with something that you said this morning in class, Jarrett. Um, I want to tell the story here, and then I'm going to refer to what you, what you said in class because I thought it was really, really close to the same thing. DBF, or Dr. F.B. Meyer, once told a person that he was very young and irritable. Old man told him that he found relief from this very thing by looking up at the moment he felt it coming and saying, Thy sweetness, Lord. By telling this, that old man greatly helped Dr. Meyer and he told it to tens of thousands. And the guy writing the story says, I pass this on to you because I found it a certain and quick way of escape. Take the opposite of your temptation and look up inwardly, naming the opposite. So if it's untruth, you say, your truth. If it's unkindness, you say, thy kindness, Lord. If it's impatience, you say, your patience, Lord. If it's selfishness, your unselfishness, Lord. It's whatever it is that it is the opposite of what you're struggling with, and you're reminding yourself that I'm striving for God-like character here. I'm, I'm striving to be a vessel for Him. So when it's patience, your patience, Lord. When I'm impatient with somebody in my family or somebody on the road, your patience, Lord. I don't know how, how Jesus would drive a Honda and, and deal with the traffic around here, but it's probably not exactly exactly the way I do it sometimes. So when I get to that point, I need to say, your patience, Lord. Not mine. Your patience, Lord. Do you remember what you said this morning? God bless you. God bless you. Now, when you're irritated with people 
on the road, I think it was, it was the on the road irritation. You say, instead of something else, you say, God bless you. To, yeah, bless your, bless your heart. Yeah. Bless your heart. It, it's to reframe. It's to get your mind right, right? Because right, right there, you're tempted to go the opposite direction. So you say, God bless you. When you're tempted to be unpatient and have a, a quality that is not Christ-like, you say, your patience. Your patience, Lord, not mine. And let me remember your patience. Let me remember how you were patient with me. Let me remember your forgiveness to me. And I get to extend that to others. I see that as the fruit of the Spirit here, that God wants us to be patient with Him. He wants us to be patient with others, with circumstances. But ultimately, what God wants is for us to have patience like Him. Which, like I said, and you've agreed, is a tall order. It is a lifelong process of us learning how to be patient, letting him mold us and shape us, and even daring to ask the Lord for an increase in patience. Help me understand what your patience is like. That's a dangerous prayer, but sometimes we should pray it and ask him to help us understand what your patience is like so that I can demonstrate it to you, and you can demonstrate it to me, and we can demonstrate it to those in the world. Do that this week. Demonstrate his patience, explore his patience, and find out what it would look like, if you wrote that down, what it would look like to demonstrate godly patience instead of your lost patience. Do that this week as we stand and as we sing.